G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. An opportunity over this next hour to hear more concerns from Christian Aboriginal leaders before we're called to cast a vote in a national referendum on The Voice. Well, our guests today say a First Nations Christian voice needs to be heard in this debate. Two special guests today, Pastors Norman and Barbara Miller from North Queensland. Back in 2012, Pastor Norman Miller campaigned for recognition of Indigenous people in the Constitution and the removal of racism from it. He handed what's called the Miller Boomerang Petition to Federal Parliament back in 2013 and 2016 with over 5,000 signatures and made a giant boomerang with the words no racism in the Constitution on it. He presented it to the then Speaker of the Parliament. That boomerang was part of an exhibition at the Museum of Australian Democracy in Canberra, where it's now housed. Norman's wife, Pastor Barbara Miller, is the author of five books, most of them on Australian history and biography, including one about Aboriginal Christian leader William Cooper. Another is on Ferdinand de Quiros, who declared the great south land of the Holy Spirit over what he thought was Australia. Well, Pastors Norman and Barbara Miller are founders of the Centre for International Reconciliation and Peace. They're based in Cairns in North Queensland, and joining us live from Cairns today, Pastors Norman and Barbara. Norman, a special welcome to you. Good morning, Neil, and uh, to your listeners of, of Christian Vision uh, Radio. Uh, what a blessing it is. Uh, while I'm speaking to you here from Cairns uh, in our home, uh, there's beautiful rain and that about. So rain is uh, one of those signs of abundant of God's blessing. So we ask and pray through our discussions uh, there this morning, Neil, and to all your listeners May God bless them and uh, watch over them as we uh, share from, uh, as Barbara and myself share from our hearts what what uh, we sense the Lord has been saying to us, but also as the body of Christ in this nation. And uh, so it's, it's wonderful to come together. And to you, Barbara, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's uh, a pleasure. Let me just start. A lot of people might not be so familiar with the Centre for International Reconciliation and Peace. Uh, Norman, the centre itself, uh, you and Barbara, co-founders of the centre, give us some insight into what all that means for listeners who might not be so familiar. Amen. So Barbara and I will certainly share this time uh, in in, uh, just sharing of of the centre. When we formed it in 2020, 20, sorry, 2001? No, 1997. 1997, sorry. There you go. I had to just get my dates right. I like to say just uh, a couple of decades ago, and that's sort of more general. But (laughs) Just a sense there, we we do celebrate our 27th year this year of the centre, 
and uh, it's been something that the Lord has uh, really laid upon our hearts that Barbara and myself are walking uh, reconciliation being uh, Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians and uh, a wonderful marriage that the Lord has blessed me with. We celebrate this year of our 32nd anniversary there this year and it's been such a blessing and uh, our birthday is coming up so there, there'll be some special things. But the centre, Neil, we uh, established uh, 27 years ago and uh, it's been, been such a blessing how God called us to this ministry together and uh, you know therefore anyone who's in crisis new creation the old is gone the new has come and uh, that reconciliation ministry that God has um, placed in our hearts but also importantly being reconciled to him that's the number one priority and Barbara you're the author of the two of you and uh, you've written a whole bunch of books has this level of reconciliation been a part of a theme that's been interwoven through a lot of the writings that you've had, uh, the thought that uh, you know there's there's you know that Australia is a one nation and uh, reconciliation is the goal. How have you been able to approach that in a, in a lot of the books that you've written? Yes, uh, so reconciliation is certainly a goal, and uh, also just recording the history, and so. Uh, to know who we are as a nation, where we've come from and where we're going, we do need to have an understanding of our history and so I have made an effort to do that and um, to have Indigenous voices speak through my book, um, but also to record the uh, wonderful advances that we have had in the area of um, Aboriginal advancement because a lot of people focus only on the problems and we are certainly very concerned about the disadvantage that's still there with the closing the gap. Um, but there have been tremendous advances as well. And certainly with reconciliation, there have been huge advances in our nation. Well, Norman, you and Barbara, you're in Cairns, uh, Aboriginal pastor and leader, and of course uh, in Cairns perhaps more than any other place around the nation. You might be thinking Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, and uh, we talk about First Nations people, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander people. You have been a big supporter of recognition of First Nations people in Australia's constitution for a long, long time now. Uh, how have you been finding the, the environment in Cairns uh, around the debate around, about the voice? Uh, just last week, Neil, there was the uh, body of, of uh, the, the committee that came together uh, for this referendum. And uh, Barbara and myself was able to um, be there, even though we didn't get the opportunity to, to speak at the uh, well, the constitutional uh, committee gathering, I, it was important that I was able to connect up with uh, key leaders that was there. One of them was was uh, the now uh, Karen Little of the National, uh, sorry, of the Coalition Party, and also one of uh, the party of the the. <coughs> I'm just trying to think, yes. the National Party. So so basically what it was was the Joint Parliamentary Select Committee on the Voice Referendum. So we were able to listen to submissions all day. Um, as 
time ran out, Norman has put a uh, written submission in because the closing date was on the 21st. But um, I would say basically from what we heard <coughs> was that people were generally supporting The Voice, although they had some concerns about it. There was a big group of uh, mayors from the Torres Strait came down and gave a submission. Let me ask you about the Christian Aboriginal voice, uh, because there might be a lot of uh, political leaders, uh, activist voices that are very much being heard around the nation. What about the Christian Aboriginal leader voice? Do you have a perspective on that, Norman? Have you, what have you noted about uh, about the Christian voice in in the whole debate so far? Well, that's one of the things that uh, I've spoken to um, leaders uh, in, in Christian leaders, prayer movements, uh, that one of the things that I've noticed that's been, that has been lacking is the, the Christian voice, but also the Indigenous Christian voice in this whole um, debate. Uh, as the Bible would say to, it says, you know, simply let your yes be yes and your no be no. And, um, you know, that's our election in God is so important. And, uh, you know, we're, we're called to pray for those that are that are in, in authority. We pray, we're called to pray for our government. And with one of the scriptures that always been has been planted in our hearts is the Isaiah 9, 6 scripture about the government um, is on the shoulders of, of, of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. And so as a Christian voice, that it's one of those things that, that has been lacking. And, Neil, one of the things when we talk about a First Nations uh, people is that, you know, we as Indigenous people, even as tribes that we all from, I come from three tribes of Durable, Barbara, and Table, and Yidinji. And when I pray and when Barbara prays, we pray that, my our tribe that that I come from that we come from is that it lines up with the line of the tribe of Judah, and so there is different many different tribes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and the importance that when we look at things when I look at things of of the voice one of the um, clear directions that Jesus will uh, speaks through his his word is that he says my sheep will hear my voice, and so as a First Nation um, Christian pastor, Indigenous leader, that uh, for me, my first priority as a, as a First Nation is to seek ye first his kingdom. And, uh, you know, that was one of the words that the Lord always spoke to me. He says, as a First Nation, your priority is to seek ye first his kingdom, the kingdom of God. And uh, I just a sense that as we put him first in everything, that we know that um, these discussions and and really hearing his voice and and my uh, for those that are listening, you know, I would I would importantly encourage you that we are, we hear different voices. We can hear different voices of of families, of friends, and that around us. But the the importance is that we as uh, Christians, we as Indigenous Christians, hear what God is speaking to us about, and. Um, you know, as a ministry of reconciliation that we have, for me, this whole voice debate, it's, you know, in the beginning, Neil, I, w I, was, I was there, I, I was there for it. But then some, some of those things 
the landscape of this discussion has certainly changed. And so my view is, is that when I come back and, and listen to what God is saying and on the foundations, the foundations um, that, and, and I have said it at, at this part, at this meeting uh, just recently, is that the foundations, we, we need to, as a nation, we need to get back to those uh, godly foundations. So when you, as an Aboriginal leader, Norman, uh, reflecting as you just have, uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no. I mean, this is the options we're going to have, isn't it, uh, when we do vote in this referendum. But uh, you've got your own concerns about the outcomes of a referendum like this. I'm wondering whether you can simply articulate what your position is as an Aboriginal Christian leader, when it comes to the voice, well, my, my you know, it's the the importance has been on 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 the side that God is is on, and uh, you know He can never fail us. But the you know the decisions that we make, we all have to make them. And I would encourage not Indigenous and non-Indigenous Christians that we make sure that. Um, the way we simply let our yes be yes or our no be no, be be right and just in the in in the eyes of God. I believe that um, this voice, how the campaign may um, get up, uh, is it going to bring uh, changes to Aboriginal people? Is it going to uh, are we going to see the results of the closing the gap? Look, there's been many good things that this nation has already um, achieved. Uh, right back when I when I began to write some things down on the the journey of reconciliation in the in the eyes of of those that of of a nation that you know we, we all believe that want to see this nation um, turn to God and reconcile to Him, but we know that there is a journey for each one of us and a journey for our nation. They said in, in 1990, there was the, the progress towards reconciliation. In 1991, the Australian Parliament um, processed uh, this act, which uh, they, they set up a, a council for the Australian reconciliation. What we see also in schools is that there has been a reconciliation um, plan in schools, in, go, in, in various <laughs> workplaces. So all these things are are already been advancing and you know there's been talk of this if there is a um, either way of yes or no in this in this campaign it will um, in in ways it the, the the reconciliation movement will 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 stop in a way but we know that it, it has never Australian as a nation you know in the year 2000 there was over 250,000 people from all um, uh, spheres of, of the community that walked the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Now that was that was that was an act of reconciliation to seeing our white and black people walk together. There's been many journeys that Indigenous and non-Indigenous people, Christians, we know of conferences that we've all been on. There's been um, acts of reconciliation. There's been in, in the spirit. Um, where Christian churches have always <laughs> gathered in the spirit of unity. So, Neil, the thing is, I, I sense that, um, you know, to removing this, this, this racism is, is a must. And let me say this, um, 
you know, Mr. Mr. Albanese, Prime Minister um, Anthony Albanese, has it written in his surname to ban this discrimination law. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision. Well, our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guests this hour, Pastors Norman and Barbara Miller, founders of the Centre for International Reconciliation and Peace, long-time campaigners in the reconciliation space. Uh, just before we move on, uh, though, here, uh, you were making a little bit of a quip there at the uh, as we went to the break, uh, Norman, and uh, suggesting there's something in the name of our Prime Minister, Anthony Albert. Benizi, and I'm sorry I wasn't quick enough to catch up on it, but what were you intending to say? Oh, it, it, the, the sense was, you know, it's written in his name to that uh, to ban this discrimination, the racism that's there. It's 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 there, and uh, I I think that um, you know that that that's some that's a step that he really could could take. We don't want to divide Australia. Australia has been a blessed nation. You only have to look at. Uh, people that have travelled from different parts of, of nations that they've been in turmoil. And, uh, you know, they've been wanting to come to Australia and make Australia uh, because of places, of worn, torn places that they are. And and they see a better Australia. They see a better future. So the importance there of that is that, um, you know, we, we, we do. We, we want to uh, see uh, more... Conversations happen. Uh, you know, I, I, I love it, Neil, when I grew up of, of being around campfires and places where I grew up and, and telling stories with my brothers and sisters, but telling stories with friends and, you know, all these things and having a having a cup of tea, uh, not not always, it doesn't always have to happen in a, a, a hotel, a five-star hotel room or anything like that or in air-conditioned places. But having them under a mango tree, you, you get me around those places and, uh, you know, good discussions, great discussions can come out of that. So we want to move forward and that's that's where I believe as white and black Australians, uh, you know, we, we just can be so proud of our nation, uh, what God has um, planned for us all. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. We'll take some in just a few moments. Uh, one listener called through and said, uh, wondering what our guests are actually proposing because we're not hearing anything that's actually relevant to the voice. Now, I don't think that's a criticism of you uh, insofar as I think you are articulating some beautiful things that are below and deeper than just yes and no here. Uh, but I'm going to come to you, Barbara, because when we talk about the voice, the question that we'll all be asked, we'll all be asked to say either yes or no. Uh, but I know that listeners, having heard what you've shared so far and appreciated every word, are wondering whether you are thinking that a yes vote in the voice will actually promote the cause of reconciliation. Barbara, what are your thoughts here? Well, we're very um, clear on this and Norman has made a submission to the Joint Parliamentary Select Committee um, on this point saying we do not support a voice in the Constitution. We're very, very clear on that and uh, we have a lot of reasons for that. Um, before we go to those reasons, um, we would say that there are a lot of voices already, 
but if we have to have a voice, it should at least be a legislated voice, not in the Constitution. If it's in the Constitution, um, uh, one of our points is that it's going to um, divide the nation along the lines of race. Um, it's going to um, put uh, group-based rights in the Constitution. Uh, it's going to create two classes of citizens based on race. So Norman has been campaigning for many years to remove racism from the Constitution. Um, this is going to enshrine racism in the Constitution. That is uh, an amazing insight. And before we take any calls, Norman, when you actually do articulate that the no position is the one that preserves a reconciliation path, uh, how do you, what sort of response do you get from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples uh, who feel like this is going to be our opportunity to be recognised, uh, but when you go a little bit deeper, there's some other issues which seem to be overlooked in the debate when you're in a shallow end. How are you feeling about that, Norman, and, and uh, Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people when they hear uh, that you're standing and saying no? Well, it's been the campaign, as, as you know, as we have alluded, uh, since 20, 2012. And uh, I presented over 360 signatures on this large boomerang. That, Neil, that boomerang was two metres. Um, and it was on a grassroots level that I said from the outset, when the expert panel, uh, Tony Abbott was the Prime Minister then, and he had Indigenous leaders there that was working on that expert panel. And uh, what was basically, um, in a nutshell, was I campaigned to have a no racism in, in the Constitution. So I've said it, um, I publicly walked with that boomerang and not only presented it to um, Parliament um, House in 2013, uh, with over five, there was over 5,000 signatures, 5,100 signatures. A lot of them that, Indigenous people. That was from yeah. a grassroots. I had mm -hmm. I had Aboriginal um, mayors from those places, to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander mayors. As I said, it was grassroots at my own cost that uh, I was standing on streets of, of Sydney, uh, Western Australia, um, Melbourne, uh, going to football grounds, gaining over 5,000 signatures. I was able to present this boomerang to the then uh, Speaker of the House, Bronwyn Bishop, and uh, also uh, our Member of Parliament from Leichhardt here, Warren Ench, who's the, who's, who's the uh, Coalition um, MP in Cairns here, and also Ken White. Ken White was also in that, in that same photo, was uh, the, the Liberal, um, uh, he was in Cabinet, uh, sitting in Cabinet before uh, at, you know, the, when he lost his seat this last election. But there was over 5,000 signatures, and that the, the signatures are also in Hansard. So it's been a, um, a, a driving force to see that right from the outset, I've always said, and as I said, displayed it, I've walked the streets of Cairns that many times with it, and saying no racism in the Constitution. So that's from, from my heart. And when you hear, there are a lot of uh, Indigenous people uh, in Cairns here that 
there, there would be some that would be, I can't speak for them all at the moment, but there would be those that would be um, viewing what's taking place. Because one of the things we need to also just look at, that it's, it's, it's discrimination against also just the tribes of Indigenous people there as well. When we talk about Indigenous people, we've got to go right back to the, to the tribes that it's going to affect. And that's where that's where where a lot of uh, you know non-indigenous people when they probably they they don't they just relate to indigenous people but we come from tribes so that it's affecting there as well. It can affect like my marriage to my beautiful wife who's who's white Australian. I just thank God that Barbara, um, you know that we we discuss a lot of things, but my whole family. I've a brother. I have a sister that's married into. Um, non-indigenous families, and we don't. I don't want to see those divisions um, uh, appear in my own family, and nor I do I want to see it within um, the, the nation as a whole. Nor do I want to see it in churches. Norman and Barbara, uh, let's take a call from a listener before we go any further. Uh, Alex is waiting very patiently. Alex, thanks so much for waiting patiently. What are your thoughts? Uh, thank you, Neil and uh, Barbara. Uh, Norman and Barbara, yes, I'm a Christian and I'm living in a world that's very troubled, as we know, and that's because of our sin. And I believe that the Word of God teaches us in, in His prayer, forgive and you will be forgiven. And that's the boomerang in God's Word. And so, uh, and, and I understand also in God's Word that be content with what you have and fight the good fight and make uh, a good witness in this troubled world and keep going that way that's the best that we can do to glorify god and hopefully help others as well a wonderful thought there alex Uh, let me come to norman your thoughts here for alex in melbourne alex good to hear your voice And, and alex thank thank you for uh, sharing and thank you for sharing the, the, the word of encouragement. Yes, imp- importantly, fighting the good fight, and uh, you know that that's the importance that we, you know, they, they say Australia is 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 a nation that um, punches above its weight. <laughs> I know, I know that we're not not with the, the fighting, but it's spiritually the 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 war, the prayers that we have. The importance also that, uh, Alex, that um, I was reminded when there was a, another gathering here in Cairns, because of, of governments and other things, you know, I brought it back to uh, we, how the Lord's Prayer, and, and that's that's the most, most important thing. You know, I can recall many times that when there's been meetings in Aboriginal communities or Torres Strait Islander communities, the importance of before those events would start, before a meeting would take place, that there would be prayer given to God. And, uh, you know, that's that's the most honourable and blessed thing that as we um, continually, even as Christians, but amongst us were people that were not Christians, but they they wanted the Lord's Prayer. And that's important that we must have it in, in all governments and, uh, and the church must always <laughs> come back to the Lord's Prayer that he taught his disciples. 
So thank you, Alex. Alex in Melbourne, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might have your own question, a comment, even a critique for our conversation. 1-800-316-316. Barbara, let me come to you because just before the news, we were talking about the sort of division that is likely uh, if there is a yes vote and there is the voice inserted into our constitution uh, it's one thing to talk about a division between black and white uh, so to speak but the division between indigenous peoples uh, one tribe against another what are your thoughts or concerns here around these other divisions that may not be resolved by adding the voice to a constitution? Well, we're very concerned about that, Neil. Uh, the Native National Native Title Act 1993 um, had unintended consequences of uh, dividing um, a lot of Indigenous um, people. And uh, so the people are still fighting uh, Aboriginal um traditional owner groups are still fighting with each other today, um, even in our own city of Cairns, but around the nation, over who owns native title to the land and who can speak at welcome to countries. So that was an unintended consequence. We're concerned about what unintended consequences there will be um, with a, uh, a voice and uh, that, you know, Getting representation of 22 people around the nation to speak for the whole um, a nation of uh, First Nations people is going to be very difficult um, because uh, people can't speak for another person's country, for one thing. That's, um, that's protocol um, in, in um, Indigenous culture. So, yeah, they're going to be a huge issues with that. Division, one tribe against another. Just to bring you back in here, Norman, uh, and reflecting on some things we were talking about in the first part of our conversation, the thought that reconciliation with God is a first priority. Some people like to brush that away as though it's some sort of symbolism or whatever, but reconciliation first to God, then to one another. If you want to have harmony between people groups, uh, tribal groups, uh, even black and white, somehow or other, you've got to be able to acknowledge God in all of that because he is the, he is the recipe here for how harmony happens. Any thoughts here? Uh, when you come across all of this division, how your message of reconciliation first to God and his kingdom and then to one another. Thoughts here from you, Norman? Well, Neil, as we, we, we've been talking, you know, Psalms 133 comes into mind very, very clearly that when our brothers and sisters dwell together in unity, you know, there the Lord commands a blessing. And, you know, that's that's one of the, the, the importance of, of a commanded blessing from the Lord when we come together. And the other scripture, the other scripture also where it says a house divided or a house and faction, uh, and it's like a, a nation uh, divided against itself. A house divided against itself cannot stand. Tribes divided by themselves cannot stand. And, you know, uh, the, the importance that when Jesus created the heavens and the earth and put everything there, he put tribes in certain places because he himself comes from a tribe, the line of the tribe of Judah. Mm. 
So he knows when he's placed tribes and into various places, even with our own nation of Australia. As Barbara mentioned, protocol, that's, that's so important. Even though I come from three tribes, Neil, I can't go and, and speak for the tribe of, of Yaraba, of, of uh, the Irukandji or, or the Kukuwalanji in, in the Mossman Port Douglas area. I, you know, there's that respect and that protocol. One of the things that as a First Nations people is that we've got to get back and we've got to acknowledge our creator that created the heavens and the earth and that it's him that's put every people and tribe and as, as the book of Revelations, we, we can't, we, we know that there'll be, you know, we all have our, uh, our ways. There are many voices, you know, I like Psalms 139 that, you know, with without my mum, when she gave birth to each of her, uh, us as children, that we we cried. We we said things from right from our, our, our time of birth. So we were a voice right back there. There are indigenous voices. There are non-indigenous voices that are that are there. We can be a voice, just like John the Baptist was a voice of the one crying in the wilderness. There are many people that that from the tribes of the desert. They've got a voice to 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 speak, uh, and you know we we need to allow those conversations. There are many people that's um, in tribal areas that they they don't even have the understanding of what this voice is actually all about. And so, you know, I think when they, as Barbara said, that they will be looking at 22 to on on that committee. Well, how do you justify something like that? Australia is a democratic nation, and I just want to thank God right now that where we, where there is sitting in Parliament, there is eleven Indigenous peoples' voices that are there, that have been, they have been democratically elected. So the ways of of the land, the laws of the land, but there's the laws there of God, because He is our judge, He is our lawyer, and He is uh, one who gives life. So there needs to be democratically elected people that can come in. Otherwise, we're going to it's going to be like from from the top heavy of people that are that are already in government type positions and already having um, a time to speak into government. Uh, we need we need those that are that are on grassroots level to be able to allow their voices to come and say make the changes. Look, Neil, you and I know, and many of your viewers are listening, what's happening in Alice Springs right now. And right now, we need the voice of this nation to come together, united. And, uh, you know, I think that in, in, in all what we're discussing here now, it is a distraction. You, could, you and I could think of how that money, how finances could be put into money that can bring um, renewal, that can bring transformation right now. I give it to the to the former Prime Minister Tony. When he was the Prime Minister of the nation, he went into an Aboriginal community and he worked in a community. Leaders who will go and sit in the dirt and talk and uh, appreciate and feel the culture. I suspect uh, what you're saying here is this is what we need from our leaders uh, to understand uh, different tribal positions uh, and what happens in North Queensland where you are. Yes, there are different things and there are different tribal groups even in Central Australia. And uh, we were talking to uh, some of those uh, in Central Australia just recently. And uh, and uh, just to reflect that uh, many of the Aboriginal people in Central Australia 
are uh, by report uh, not even aware that there is a voice, not even aware that there is a debate. And so getting into these deeper things, uh, you know, that takes a little bit of time getting your head around it. The two of you, and I'll come to you here, Barbara, the two of you who have been in this uh, in this zone now for a long, long time, seeking recognition for Aboriginal people in our Australian constitution. Barbara, you have got your head around constitutional issues, and it's not just the inclusion of something new in a constitution. You've had some concerns over various other aspects of the constitution. We won't be able to take a long time on this, but how do you describe some of the other issues that are well, concerning? I'll, I'll just give you um, a list very fairly um, quickly. Um, one concern that if there is a voice in the Constitution, um, that it would bring um, a lot of um, delays um, in terms of government uh, being able to operate and uh, also um, uh, High Court um, challenges are very, very likely. So if it does get into the Constitution, um, we would like to see executive government removed. Um, Frank Brennan has said that it could advise Parliament and Ministers of the Crown as a compromise. Um, so so I'll just uh, quickly go through these. There should have been a proper constitutional convention that um, traditionally happens. That has not happened. So we haven't been able to have a good debate. Um, uh, over the pros and cons. Um, also, there should have been a um, draft legislation um, put out because there's a lot of lack of clarity um, around this and it's not good enough to say to vote on a vibe and then you will, um, then we'll put together the legislation um, afterwards. Uh, the other thing is there's been unequal um, funding and for the yes and no campaign, well, there, well, there's no funding really um, for the no campaign education program should normally be um, uh, for the yes and no campaign. So that's really been a big issue. Um, as Norman said, um, we have 11 um, First Nations people in the federal parliament. Now, um, that's above the, uh, the representation of the percentage of First Nations people in the communities. That's a very good outcome. Um, also, um, we have a uh, many national uh, First Nations organisations, for example, for native title, for health, housing, education, childcare, and the list goes on. There's uh, 16 of them, and they have formed into a coalition of peaks. Um, so there's already a voice there. Um, that's why we think a legislated voice would be a compromise. Uh, but, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of um, First Nations organisations. There's 80 state um, uh, organisations that are part of this coalition of peaks. So what this means is we're going to have another layer of bureaucracy on, on top of all this uh, First Nations voices that are already there um, and uh, so it's going to cause, it's going to be a huge amount of um, funding that will go to it um, and uh, we're concerned that um, people on the ground like the situation in Alice Springs and other places that we mentioned all over Northern Australia for example who have um, 
these um, problems. Look, um, the closing the gap, that's where we, we really need to have uh, the finance go. And the Coalition of Peaks, they're not a toothless organisation. They spent a couple of years uh, negotiating with the Morrison government to have more targets and uh, to, for example, reducing Indigenous carceration and uh, also to uh, have better ways of reaching the targets. So the mechanisms are really already there. And I'd like to just quickly add to what Norman said before about um, God putting people in their places and the times they should be there. That's Acts 17, 26. Uh, also uh, Galatians 3, 28. Um, says that there's neither male nor female, uh, rich nor poor, slave nor free, which is um, economic differences, uh, because we're all one in Christ. Yes, uh, not a selection of different races, because uh, we're all one in Christ, which means one race, uh, one people, all created in the image and likeness of God. Hey, we've got just a few minutes remaining for our conversation and if we're talking about solutions or things that you might aspire to or the sorts of changes you think might be really beneficial for uh, those who are in positions of authority right now to be taking note of, you're suggesting that the referendum question should be split into two propositions. I wonder if you can outline for us how you think uh, you could resolve these issues by getting that recognition into the Constitution and yet preserving us uh, from that wedge that can be driving not only black and white Australia apart, but also uh, tribal groups apart as well. Two propositions. Where do we start here with that? Yes, yeah, so what we'd like to see um, is to have the uh, referendum question put to the vote later this year to be split in two. So the first part is recognition of First Nations people um, in the Constitution um, and the second part is about the voice. I believe the first part, well both believe the first part would get the support of um, Australians very easily because there's a lot of goodwill. Um, the last part may not get through which means we lose the opportunity for maybe a, a generation to get recognition of um, First Nations people in the Constitution. Now, a preamble is not um, probably a, a favourable way to go anymore. It was rejected by the uh, Republic uh, referendum, probably would be rejected by most uh, First Nations people today. But the expert panel, um, which uh, gave its report in 2012 and which Norman based um, his um, Miller Boomerang petition on, was uh, to have Section 51 added to the um, Constitution um, that would uh, recognise First Nations people but still allow the federal government to make laws for them. So the solution is already there. It's been staring us in the face for quite a long time. So uh, an insertion of a new Section 51A in the Constitution yeah. and uh, to recognise... Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and to preserve the Australian government's ability to pass laws for the benefit of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Other constitutional things, I think you've got some notes on a new section 116A, uh, banning racial discrimination by government. Uh, and another one, I'll get your general overall here, but 
the insertion of a new section 127A recognising Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander languages uh, were this country's first tongues while confirming that English is Australia's national language. So there's compromise in there, but it's inclusion so that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples are not left out. Uh, Norman, your thoughts here on on uh, inclusion somewhere in the Constitution uh, for these things. Otherwise, uh, you could be left out, as Barbara says, for another generation. I believe that, uh, you know, that this is why it's things are just so important um, that we we hear God's voice. And, and like what you've um, just read out there, Neil, we... We um, we believe that this this as a nation, you know, God's just blessed us as a nation. But we need to as come very strongly as Christians. You know, I I've been uh, so uh, heartily blessed when I've when I've heard that uh, Queensland, within the state of Queensland, we could um, certainly um, see. Uh, this, you know, a, a favour in, in in God that how this how this would would come about, and I'm saying that, you know, as Australians, um, I want to stand strong with my um, with all Australians, and I want to see us move forward. You know, together. The, together. Near, near, we have National Reconciliation Week, and it's it's something that's been happening year and year uh, in schools. Um, I've participated Reconciliation Week, not only in church but in schools. Um, that will be coming up on the 27th to the 3rd of June. And uh, the theme for that is to be a voice for generations. And I think that's the importance, that as we hear God's voice, that we can be a voice for many generations. I want to be a voice for my little nieces and nephews. I want to lay, I want to see them come into a destiny that God calls this whole nation to come into. I want to see a fruitful and a blessed nation as God has truly blessed us, that we move forward. We will always need to move forward. Um, and, and Barbara and, and myself and all those that stand uh, for people like yourself, Neil, that's a voice in the media. You know, you were special that to allowing people like voices of mine. I would not have probably been heard as a Christian voice if, if, if um, Vision Australia, yourself, Neil, uh, you know, if I didn't have this opportunity. So I thank you, Neil. I thank Vision Australia, the, the radio that you're doing. You're a voice for many that is getting this out there that we can all make a difference, that we can all make a stand, that we can treasure and be blessed of many, many, many things that God has for us. And, uh, you know, there's a heavenly constitution we know of that, that God rules and reigns. He will always rule and reign. And like that boomerang, he says, hey, do not let your hearts be troubled, but trust in God. Trust also in me. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, he said, I would have told you. He said, I go there, prepare a place for you. And if I go there to prepare a place for you, he said, like the boomerang, he says, I will come back. So we need to receive a return of good values, moral values. We need to see a return of, of, of good uh, and, and standing uh, reconciliations. And as we can walk in the desert areas, as we can have those cup of teas around campfires, 
those are things that this nation will always and forever cherish. So, Neil, thank you for allowing Barbara and myself to be a voice and the voice of Christians, Indigenous Christians also being heard, the voice of Christians being heard that, uh, like John the Baptist, the voice in the desert, but we're the voice in the city. And uh, to those <laughs> that, are, that are listening, continually, not to, there's a time for silence, but there's we're a the time for a speak. We're the voice in the rainforest, yes, on the hills, on the mountains. We can all be that voice that, um, you know, that, that, that brings about changes. And it's some, some of those changes are not big, great leap steps, but they're just journeys that we all, we all travel on. And so this has been a journey. And I want to thank, um, once again, thank you, Neil, to all your listeners, that God will speak to you. And that whatever the, what I believe that decisions that you make are of God. Wonderful Amen. and a special honor to the two of you as well. And even as you're saying, you know, isn't it good for vision to create an opportunity like this? I'm the first one to say, isn't it good for every single listener who's ever been a supporter of this ministry? Because they're the ones who've made it happen in that sense of those who have given a donation, made self-sacrificial ways of contributing to making a media organization like this create opportunities for people like the two of you who are just, uh, you're just gems, uh, you're stars. (laughs) Uh, Pastors Norman and Barbara Miller, the founders of the Centre for International Reconciliation and Peace. Here's the website to connect with Barbara and Norman reconciliationandpeace.org reconciliationandpeace.org I might just mention too that Norman's also an Aboriginal artist with his own gallery It's uh, there's a website too there munganbana.com.au and there's a coffee table art book you can get a hold of I mentioned that Barbara's also authored five books she's also a psychologist, a sociologist, a mediator, teacher and writer Barbara Miller or barbara-miller-books.com to be able to access any of those. Uh, Norman and Barbara, thank you so much for sharing your hearts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. God bless you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 